How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Yeah, morning everyone. Welcome along to World Cups in a Nutshell. It's Friday morning. It's the 28th of October 2022. Daniel Pedigree with you for the next hour before breakfast with Vossi and Brandy through SEN 1170 AM. And Pat and Heels will take the first hour of that show before, uh, sorry, SEN Q listeners and uh, SEN 1620 AM listeners will take the first hour of that show before Pat and Heels along at 6 AM. We are broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN Q693 AM in Queensland and SEN 16.20am on the Gold Coast. Good to be with you Friday morning ahead of another very busy weekend in sport with the T20 World Cup. Isn't that exciting? We'll get to that in a second. The Rugby League World Cup, of course, continuing the last round of the pool games before we hit uh, the knockout stages next weekend. Big weekend of racing as well. The Golden Eagle on, uh, so plenty to look forward to. Open line number 1300-01-1170. Or you can send a text on 0457-736-736. Big show today. Uh, we will update you on the T20 in just a second. Another remarkable uh, night in the T20, especially over in Perth. We'll talk about that in a second. No Jack Clifton, unfortunately. He's out with a cold, but he'll catch up with us next week. But we'll still look ahead uh, to tonight's big match between Australia and England as well. Vital match uh, for both teams in that one. John Geller will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll have a look at the English Premier League and the A-League coming up this weekend. We'll continue our road to the World Cup as well. Still plenty of rugby league news floating around with the Rugby League World Cup and some NRL news as well. So we'll get to that over the course of the next hour. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy our open line number, or you can send a text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. Now, just before we get to the T20 from overnight and what we're expecting over the course of uh, today and the weekend, I just wanted to talk about this very briefly. Uh, You may have seen this in the news yesterday afternoon. Uh, Canterbury skipper Josh Jackson making the shock decision to retire immediately. Now, it really caught everyone by surprise, One people that weren't in the know anyway, Uh, Told teammates of his decision via text message yesterday. Uh, He leaves the game as a one-club man, having played 241 matches for Canterbury. Represented Australia on two occasions and played nine games for New South Wales. Played in the 2012 Grand Final in his first season and part of Canterbury's uh, side against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who lost two years later as well in 2014. Um, the Bulldogs made a formal announcement yesterday. Josh Jackson sent this text to his teammates saying, Hi, boys. Sorry I wasn't able to do this in person. I just wanted to let you know that I've made the decision to retire. It's been great getting to know you and play alongside you over the last few years. I'll still be floating around the club, and I'm looking forward to next season. I wish you all the best. If there is anything I can do for you guys, please reach out. Thanks, Jacko. The Bulldogs chairman, John Curry, said Josh has been has long been at the heart of the Bulldogs. He has led this great club with pride. He's bled blue and white and played for his state and for his country. We know this decision has not been an easy one. And while it is a sad day, there is no doubt that despite not lacing up the boots and running out in 2023, he will continue to inspire the Bulldogs team and our community for many more years to come. 
Uh, yeah, so a bit of a shock decision there by Josh Jackson. 241 games for Canterbury. Um, no one really saw that uh, coming. However, it did get me thinking, and he would definitely be uh, in that list, the greatest one-clubman, the greatest club statesman of all time. Now, it doesn't just have to be rugby league, but it probably will be mainly rugby league. Greatest one-club player. You don't see it as much these days as you used to do. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. It doesn't have to be from this era. It can be from another era. But one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The open line number or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Greatest one club players now it can be from the team you support. Can be from a team that you don't support but you admire the player. Best or greatest one club players for your team or in the NRL. Or is there another sport you can think where a player has played just for one club his entire, his or her entire career? 0457 736 736, our text number. Or you can uh, call the open line anytime, 1300 01 1170. The best one club players of all time as we do this. Time to get the latest from the T20 World Cup. Yeah, plenty going on in the T20 World Cup as well. Uh, three matches yesterday, two of them fairly one sided. One that was played basically overnight our time in Perth, finished up at about 1.30 a.m. New South Wales time, was a thriller. I'll get to that in a second, but let's uh, backtrack and go back to the first one. There was a double header at the Sydney Cricket Ground yesterday. It was interrupted uh, slightly by rain, uh, but not too bad. Uh, South Africa played Bangladesh. Uh, Bangladesh uh, did not win this game. Uh, South Africa batted first, scored five for 205. Was pretty entertaining first innings. Bangladesh, in reply, could only manage 101 runs all out of 16.3 overs, meaning South Africa won that game by 104 runs. Probably, and I haven't got the stats in front of me, probably the most one-sided game of the T20 World Cup so far. So South Africa comfortable winners over the Bangladesh yesterday. Uh, India and the Netherlands. Now, this was a fairly comfortable win uh, to India as well. They made uh, two for 179 off their 20 overs. And the Netherlands in reply, they did bat the 20 overs, but could only manage 123 runs, nine wickets lost. So India win by 56 runs. But I must admit, I I did tune out of the South Africa-Bangladesh game pretty early and uh, watched a couple of other things and then switched uh, the India-Netherlands game on uh, before I went off to bed. And the crowd, there was, I mean, I don't know how many there were there for South Africa and Bangladesh, but it wasn't many, maybe five, six, seven, eight thousand, maybe at a push. By the time the India-Netherlands game was on, 30-odd thousand, I think I read this morning, 36,000 fans in the ground. It, it looked like on TV that there wasn't many spare seats at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Just another amazing crowd. We saw what happened at the MCG the other night with India up against Pakistan. And now um, we see the situation where we have over 36,000 fans. On a Thursday night at the SCG, uh, Virat Kohli and other good innings. Uh, so India, 56-run win- winners over the Netherlands. And what about this game overnight? I'll play you um, the the audio a bit later on. But Zimbabwe and Pakistan. Now, we know what happened to Pakistan the other night against India. Well, they've done it again, unfortunately for them. They've lost on the last ball. Zimbabwe winning by one run. Pakistan off their 20 overs, uh, made eight for 129. Zimbabwe, eight for 130. They win by one run. Uh, Just an amazing victory. As I say, we'll play you the 
audio later. You've got to feel a bit sorry for Pakistan after um, their great match against India. You would have thought they're pretty much favourites going into this match against Zimbabwe, but not so. And I'll, I'll ask again, and then we'll have a look at tonight's game. Talked about it with Matty a couple of days ago. I think this T20 World Cup is starting to group the nation. Um, everyone really enjoying it. Yes, there are a couple of one-sided matches last night, but one of those one-sided matches, as I say, 36,000 people, over 36,000 people at the SCG. And then if you were up late last night and up early this morning, that Zimbabwe-Pakistan match, another great match. After Ireland-England the other day, India-Pakistan, there's a lot of thrilling matches happening and some really important matches coming up across the weekend as well. So I'll tell you what is happening today in a second. Just a bit of news surrounding the Australia-England game, which is, of course, our main focus. You'll hear it on SEN as well uh, tonight. Uh, just a bit of news surrounding that. We don't know the team exactly yet. There's been calls from Mark War for Pat Cummins to be rested. We know the issues surrounding Aaron Finch. Um, his innings the other night on Tuesday night against Sri Lanka wasn't fantastic, um, but you'd, uh, you would expect he will be playing tonight at the MCG. Uh, big question, well, not so much a big question mark, but a bit of a question mark on Matthew Wade. Now, it was funny because everyone was talking about this last week with no backup wicket-keeping option. What happens if he gets sick? What happens if he comes out with a cold or goes down with a cold or, you know, gets injured or whatever? Well, uh, he has COVID now. Uh, broken last night. Adam Zampa had COVID earlier on in the week and missed that game against Sri Lanka. Matthew Wade does have COVID, but he is expected to play uh, in tonight's blockbuster against England. Uh, now, no backup keeper to replace Josh Inglis with another uh, gloveman is being put to the test. Uh, Wade, the second Australian, as I said, to be diagnosed with COVID this week. However, it is understood Wade's symptoms are mild and he is set to still take the gloves against England. Uh, now, the ICC World Cup rules allow COVID-positive cricketers to play and Wade will simply need to abide by certain protocols and likely sit away from teammates when he's waiting to bat, which I find interesting. Um, fair enough, if, if that's the rules. But he is then going to be out on the field wicket-keeping, and I imagine there'll be a, a person next to him. But anyway, uh, it is allowable to replace a COVID-positive player and then bring them back in when symptoms are cleared. It uh, doesn't appear, though, as Australia needs to entertain that option. World Cup st rules state that for injury, replacement players can't be brought in on the day of a game, although it's unclear whether the guidelines are more flexible when it comes to COVID. Uh, it's likely David Warner or Aaron Finch would take the gloves for Australia in an emergency situation. Zampa, as we know, was ruled out. He was uh, COVID positive on Tuesday. He'll likely play tonight against England. He didn't play against Sri Lanka. Uh, and we know uh, Australia's women's team played uh, Talia McGrath in the Commonwealth Games final earlier this year, despite her testing positive to COVID. And no real issues came of that as far as uh, we know. So uh, Matthew Wade has got COVID, but in the new world we live in, it looks like he will be taking the gloves and playing uh, tonight, and as long as he's feeling okay, that's an important in you'd feel uh, for the Australian. Well, definitely an important in, uh, seeing there's no backup wicketkeeper for the Australian cricket team. And it probably is the final, uh, well, sorry, the first confirmed situation in Australia where we have had a COVID-positive player playing in any sport. Now, we, we know, you know, some tests aren't 100% reliable and all of that, so it may have happened before, but this is the confirmed 
first confirmed time. So Matthew Wade got COVID, but will play tonight, and uh, we need him as well. Uh, so that will be on tonight, Australia and England at the MCG. You'd expect another fairly big crowd there. Interesting to see if it tops the 90,000 odd at the MCG for India-Pakistan. Uh, the other matches today, uh, 3 o'clock today, Afghanistan taking on Ireland. Um, they're both, of course, in our group in Australia and England. Uh, in terms of New Zealand, they play tomorrow at 7 p.m. against Sri Lanka. So that is just some of the action of the T20 World Cup. You'll hear it here on SEN, Australia-England. Vital game today. Uh, if Australia can back up their win against Sri Lanka, or can England turn things around against Ireland? Uh, text number 0457 736 736. Uh, you can call the open line anytime as well. one 1170 Asking you today on the back of Josh Jackson retiring a few texts or already through. I'll get to them in a second. Your best one club player doesn't just have to be rugby league. If you can think of another sport, but happy uh, to have just rugby league nominations, but your best one club player after Josh, Josh Jackson retired, doesn't even have to be the team you support. Uh, just some players you would admire that just played for one club. Not a very common these days. one 1170 the open line number, or 0457-736-736. And also, the cricket, are you invested? Are you looking forward to uh, the game tonight between Australia and England? Have you been enjoying the T20 World Cup so far? And your predictions for this weekend of sport as well. It is a big weekend, the Rugby League World Cup, the cricket, T20 Cricket World Cup, the horse racing as well, only a few days away now from the Melbourne Cup. Plenty to get through. Of course, A-League and NBL continue as well. And on the other side of this, we will talk all things football, round ball game with John Gallo, and we will get to your texts as well. It is 13 past five in New South Wales, 13 past four in Queensland. This is World Cups in a nutshell. It is going to talk football of the around ball variety shortly. We'll update you on some of the rugby league news as well after uh, the next break with the World Cup continuing tomorrow. Australia in action on Sunday morning. They've named their squad. Uh, interesting. Um, we will talk about that. Andrew on the text line just before we get to John 0457 736 736 just saying uh, surrounding Matthew Wade who has got COVID but likely to play tonight in that final match against England, he says, well, I'm glad he'll be playing because uh, that's what happens when uh, you do not have a backup wicketkeeper. Uh, yes, it was an interesting choice at the time, and there was always an element of risk. But anyway, he's got COVID, but it seems like he'll be playing. Um, and this, asking uh, best one at club players, and this leads in nicely to our chat with John Gallo on the back of Josh Jackson announcing his retirement after 241 matches for Canterbury. One at club players, best one club, uh, club players. Uh, I said... Uh, mainly I'm expecting some rugby league suggestions, but I said other sports, and this is a very good one. No name on this text, but uh, they say the great Stephen Gerrard, who's actually been in the news this week uh, for Liverpool, basically carried that club for years when he could have chased glory elsewhere. Uh, and he also says Steve Menzies another. Thank you for the text. John Gallo on the line. It's a good nomination. Stephen Gerrard, a Liverpool legend, although just before we get on to all the stuff we've got to talk about, um, he's lost his job this week. Uh, John, very unfortunate for him. Good morning. Yes, mate. Yes, yes. Good morning. Yeah, well, tough time to be CBG right now, isn't it? He's uh, probably on the unemployment line lining up <laughs> somewhere. But, um, you know, he, he's been a fantastic playing career, obviously, at Liverpool as a one-club legend. And, you know, he was always talking about nearly having an offer to go to Man United. Very tempted to join Sir Alex over there at Old Trafford. But uh, decided to stay with his boyhood club, Liverpool, and... He was, uh, you know, he was actually grown up as an Evertonian fan, would you believe it or not? Mm. But he uh, actually played for the Merseyside team rivalry in, in Liverpool. But a fantastic player and 
some wonderful goals over the many, many years he's played. Question without notice, and I don't know the answer, and you may not know the answer either, but we're just talking about Matthew Wade um, and the COVID situation with the Australian cricket team. Looks likely he will play now. I would imagine, uh, and I don't know, but I imagine in the English Premier League now, um, you have, I would imagine, COVID-positive players playing. Look, testing over there uh, is probably more slack than it is here, to be honest. So uh, there's probably a lot of people that aren't even testing themselves even more uh, anymore, and that's fine. But um, the World Cup, of course, coming up in, what, three weeks' time, you would imagine that now COVID, in inverted commas, well, it's not over, but it will pass the major part of the uh, COVID pandemic, you would imagine that we will be having players in the World Cup that test positive to COVID um, or have COVID and will be taking the field. There'd be, there'd be nothing barring them, you would imagine. I mean, I'm sure they'd have team doctors and stuff like that. If they're not feeling well, they won't play. But if they've got mild symptoms, you'd expect them to take the field. Oh, yeah, they'd be playing for sure. And the one thing that would be keeping them on is exactly getting right for the World Cup. You know, the fact they want to get into 100% fitness and match fitness. So they don't want to be missing any games they possibly can just to get right for the respective World Cup coming around the corner. Um, And normally, if they would have COVID, I'd say that they would just come out to the press and say that the player was not feeling well or something like that. So it would be quite a general statement, I would imagine. They wouldn't probably specify they had COVID. So, um, yeah. I think mm. they, they find ways to, to move on now, and I think the world's moving on, and football's following suit. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and of course, in the UK, uh, it's been for quite some time. You don't actually have to isolate. Still, obviously, recommended now, uh, and same with here in Australia. And now, let's talk about the A-League before we get to the English Premier League. Looking at some of the games, uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers, they're in action tonight. They kick off round four of the A-League against the Newcastle Jets. Yeah, Western Sydney Wanderers has been uh, a good start of the season from them. Um, you know, obviously second versus third, good start for, for the Jets as well. Two undefeated sides in the competition so far and uh, really interesting to see how this one pans out. I mean, you know, obviously at home, the Western Sydney Wanderers are probably going to be the slight favourites, I would imagine, for, for most of the bookies out there. But uh, Newcastle had a good form. They had a good win uh, last week at home. So be interesting to see how these two teams match up. But, um, you know, I really probably... Slightly going towards the Wanderers, given that they're at home and uh, given their recent run of form as well. Now, for our Queensland listeners, Brisbane Roar in action tomorrow at 2 p.m. Queensland time, 3 p.m. Sydney time. They'll host Melbourne Victory. Yeah, well, they come in with uh, without a win this season, Brisbane Roar, that they're two draws and a loss. Uh, Melbourne Victory come off the back of uh, two back to back losses this year after picking up their first win of the season in week one. Um, so, look, it'll be an interesting game. It's a difficult one to kind of lean towards, you know, given the, the form of both these sides has been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, but I would probably would favour, to be honest, uh, the Melbourne victory. I think they've been in, in decent uh, you know, form in, uh, in the overall three-week period of the, uh, of the A-League. Brisbane Raw have kind of struggled in their three weeks without being too impressive. I think victory have been a little bit unlucky to lose that game a couple of weeks back against the Western Sydney Wanderers, despite having a large percentage of, of possession. I think their team sheet, you know, is filled with some wonderful talent as well. So I'd imagine it'd be only and you know, matter of minutes or matter of games before they actually get better. So um, I am slightly leaning towards victory here. And the final game we'll look at uh, two Sydney teams actually 7:45 p.m. tomorrow night. Macarthur uh, will be playing Sydney FC. Yeah, well, the great Zach Ferguson came out yes, to Macarthur training yesterday to uh, yeah take a photo with some of the players, and he met his former Man United player Dwight York, who's mm. now obviously the head coach at Macarthur. 
and maybe he's got in their ear with a few tips and tricks and gave them the old uh, Sir Alex uh, hairspray treatment to some of those players. Uh, but uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely slightly leaning towards MacArthur. They've come into this season in, in a good start. They've been undefeated so far, two draws and a win after three games, whereas Sydney come in one loss, one win and a draw. So Sydney have probably experienced all the roller coaster of emotions um, with uh, all the different kind of results you can get. But I'm probably slightly leaning towards MacArthur, as I mentioned. I just think they're going to be a little strong at home. I think it'll be a good turnout crowd-wise as well. I expect to see Sir Alex attend the game as well. So I think that might bring a few more bums on the seat as well. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a great, great game of football, let's hope. Would have been a thrill for those players to meet Sir Alex Ferguson. Well, yeah, I had a mate of mine, actually, whose uh, brother was in similar rest, same restaurant as Sir Alex uh, at the Circular Quay, where he was ordering a fine bottle of red wine. So, uh, Very nice. We do know that Sir Alex likes his, uh, his nice uh, drops of red. So, um, yeah. Drink responsibly, of course. Uh, talking football with John Gallo. We're doing it, by the way, for Ken Arts High. They make your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. Now, EPL. Let's move away from the A-League. Another interesting weekend of the EPL kicking off tomorrow night. Uh, these are all Sydney times, by the way, so minus an hour in Queensland. Uh, 10.30 tomorrow night, all the, the battle of two cities. Uh, Leicester City taking on Man City. Yeah, big game this. I'm really going to look forward to seeing how these uh, two teams go. Leicester coming in with a lot of form at the moment. They've had back-to-back wins, first back-to-back wins this season, and a draw coming into this game. Obviously, our last five games, Man City have only dropped the one game against Liverpool, so they're in red-hot form. Uh, I think second on the ladder, just behind Arsenal. Look, it'd be you know it'd be hard not to go with Man City given the form and the players they've got. Uh, but Leicester, you know, they're now showing a lot of signs of life now when fighting for the manager, Brendan Rodgers, week in and week out. Um, so he must be the most relieved person on the planet at the moment. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this game. I think it'll be a good test for Man City, but I expect them to be a little bit too good in the end. Quite a few games at 1am Sunday morning, midnight Saturday going into Sunday for Queensland. The first of them, Newcastle sitting fourth on the ladder up against Aston Villa. Yeah, this is fourth versus 15th. Uh, Villa sitting in 15th position, losing their manager. Uh, Stephen G, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, but obviously, they've fought back really well with a caretaker manager winning 4-0 on the weekend last weekend to the surprise of, of many football fans out there, none more than probably Stevie G himself. Uh, the players have, you know, regalvanized themselves and, and found their touch a little bit bizarre. But there you go, that sometimes happens uh, in football. But Newcastle, I mean, they've been one of the, the informed sides of the competition. They've been undefeated after the last five games, one draw and four wins. Uh, where you look at the, the one win, after so many losses and draws came the, uh, on the weekend, last weekend. So I am slightly leaning towards Newcastle. I do think they'll be a little bit too strong. And I think with the likes of Amirion, Gimieres up front playing really, really well, I think they'll just be uh, far too good for, for Villa. Bournemouth will host Tottenham. Yeah, this will be a big one as well. Tottenham need to get back to, to winning ways. They've had back-to-back losses during the Premier League season. They had a, a shock decision in the UEFA Champions League midweek against Sporting as well. So they had a winning goal disallowed. So the players will definitely be up for this game. Bournemouth had their back-to-back losses as well. Um, so I am leaning towards Spurs to, to recorrect things. I think they'll be too strong in the end. And I expect Harry Kane and likes of Son to uh, bag a few goals as well. Another tough match for Brighton. They host Chelsea, who are sitting at the moment in fifth position. Yeah, Graham Potter's old team, Brighton. Uh, he'll know all about what to do against Brighton tactically. And I imagine... The form that Chelsea have been in as well, they've been undefeated in their last five games. Whereas Brighton, we spoke about it before, Dan, 
Uh, their, their form has really waited in the last probably four or five games. They haven't picked up a win in the last five games. And, uh, you know, Roberto De Zervi is uh, going to have a few questions on his players to really respond in this game, um, you would imagine. But I do think Chelsea will be far, far too good. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one, Brighton and Chelsea. Also at 1am, Crystal Palace hosting Southampton. Yeah, I mean, this is a big one as well in a way. I think Southampton got the shock draw last weekend against Arsenal. Uh, after picking up the win the weekend before. So I, I do expect Southampton to come in with a bit more confidence and morale than previously. It's probably the best run of form they've been in the last three games. They've had a two draws and a win, whereas uh, Palace had a loss on the weekend. So, look, I'll be interested to see how this game does unfold. I, I do think it's a bit of a danger game for Palace um, with Southampton's recent form, but I am picking a point here. Yeah, Brentford will play Wolves. So it's interesting this round. I'll, we'll get to probably the on look on paper, it's probably the biggest game in a couple of games time. But there's no real huge games this weekend. But anyway, Brentford up against Wolves. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards Brentford to respond after their loss on the weekend. Wolves are probably without a care, proper manager as well. Still got their caretaker coach in charge. So I think their confidence is probably wavered a little bit. The Wolves, and I feel sorry for them not having a full-time manager in the position. After the last couple of games, now it must be difficult for the players to get themselves up for the game and to know exactly what they need to do out there. Uh, but I'd expect Brentford to be you know, a little bit more polished than Wolves at the moment. These two next games are very interesting. Let's start Sunday morning at 3.30. Fulham play Everton. Yeah, Fulham and Everton. This will be a big one. Fulham being fantastic form. They're sitting on seventh in the Premier League ladder. And Everton, you know, with a, with a win last week, they've got themselves into 12th spot um, on the back of three losses in a row. So... But Frank Lampard will be, again, desperate to get a win here because, you know, they're not so far away from the relegation zone. They're only probably, you know, two or three points away from dropping down in that battle again. So whilst they're sitting on 12th spot, they're not completely safe, Everton, and they'll uh, they'll know that themselves. Fulham have been one of the most informed sides in the Premier League. They've had a couple of weekends where they kind of wavered a little bit, but the last three games with a draw and two wins heading to this one, you'd imagine they have to be the favourites to get all three points at home as well. This one always quite entertaining. Uh, even though Liverpool in eighth position, Leeds United in a bit of trouble in 18th. Uh, 5.45am on Sunday uh, morning. Liverpool host Leeds. Should be an interesting game. Yeah, it will be. And uh, I think Liverpool, the fans will come out again to, to support their side, to try and rally the troops and, and get them uh, inspired to get a result. I think uh, the loss on the weekend against Nottingham has you know, got a lot of criticism aimed their way yet again and, and expected. Um, be a big one though because Leeds they've had this you know four losses in a row they've probably been the most you know misinformed side in the whole competition they've just lacked any kind of real energy in the last uh, four or five games I've seen Leeds play so Jesse Marshall definitely have his troops rallied up for this one their back is, is right against the wall they're right in the relegation mix as well so I expect Leeds to make it very difficult for Liverpool um, but I do think Liverpool might just sneak out with a 1-0 win. And a couple of games on Monday. Just bear in mind as well, over the course of the weekend, times change again. Uh, and Not in Sydney, obviously, but in England. So it becomes an 11-hour time difference over the course of the weekend. Uh, Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, Monday morning, 1am. Yeah, first versus last. So you have to go with Arsenal, surely, with the form they're coming in. Four wins and a draw on the weekend. But that draw was a little bit of a reminder that Arsenal need to be a little bit more polished in, in certain games. And they lacked that polish against Southampton last weekend. Nottingham, I mean, they come in with a win against Liverpool so and a draw the weekend before. So they come in with a bit of confidence as well. This is a bit of a danger game, I think, for Arsenal uh, in terms of maybe slipping up. But I do back them. I think their form has been too good. I think they'll be a bit wary of what Nottingham can do, given what they did last weekend against Liverpool. 
So you do have to back uh, Mikel Arteta and his men. And the final game Monday morning at 3.15, Man United host uh, West Ham at Old Trafford. It's the final time Man United will play at Old Trafford before that World Cup break. Yeah, well, it's going to be hopefully a good send-off for them. and The fans will come out in numbers, no doubt. Um, will they want to come out in numbers because it's, I think it's a bit of a danger game for Man United as well. West Ham being decent form. They've only lost one game out of the last five heading to this one, as have United as well. So, you know, six versus tenth. I think uh, United will be desperate to keep holding around that top six mark. And I think those three points are going to be very, very valuable for them. So I'd imagine they'll come out firing. I think they've been in good form recently. I think last weekend's been some of the best performances I've seen from United. Um, and I really, you know, I think they've really turned a corner under Ten Hag, particularly dealing with the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo outbreak there. But um, I think United will be too strong against West Ham. Just really quickly before we get on to the road to the World Cup um, and wrap it up, um, how important is two more rounds after this one to go before they break for uh, the World Cup? And they don't go back playing the English Premier League until I think Boxing Day it is, so our time. So how important are these next two weeks? I know every match is important, but you want to be going into that break with some momentum, no matter where you are sitting on that ladder. Yeah, you definitely do. And, um, you know, I think as we edge closer to the World Cup break, um, you know, it, it's harder for these teams to uh, get their key players to play now because they're eyeing down one eye on the World Cup. They're eyeing down their fitness. They're hearing other players in their own team or you know, opposition teams are picking up injuries and possibly missing out on the World Cup. Um, which is just devastating news for these players who work so hard mm. to, and, and obviously want to want to represent their country. So when they hear stories like that, it, it's a bit of a conflict of you know a bit of conflict of interest for the manager because one one player he wants to uh, go in there with great form and get his side prepared coming back from the World Cup, but on the other he probably would be feeling guilty if uh, one of the players picked up a severe injury and missed the World Cup. So it's difficult in the last couple of weekends exactly that battle for managers to do at the moment but um, I think they want to come in with as much momentum as they can but those sides have got momentum heading to the World Cup it'll be interesting on the back of the World Cup when they return which players are actually fully fit which players are coming back with injuries and so forth particularly the likes of Liverpool for example who've been struggling a lot if they had Firmino injured coming back from the World Cup uh, that would be a big blow for them or, or Nunes as well so yeah, there's a lot of things going to be interesting to see what comes out of the World Cup and, and what momentum gets picked up on the back of that World Cup when those teams return. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think anything is in solid until people return from the World Cup where we absolutely see which teams are affected and which teams won't possibly go down and which teams will stay up. Now, I have just had a message that three people won Powerball overnight, uh, one in New South Wales, I believe, and that person is from Penrith. So if Brandy doesn't turn up after 6am, I think I know why. Uh, all right, time to do this. Here's the latest from the 2022 FIFA Football World Cup. Yeah, a lot going along around the Socceroos as well. Vossi and Brandy covered that yesterday in breakfast and it's been talked about all throughout the past 24 hours. We won't focus on that, although it's a very important story and a very important stance they've taken ahead of the World Cup, but we'll continue our road to the World Cup. And somehow, John, amazingly, we've made it to our final group. Uh, felt like we started this, I felt like we started this in about 1993. Uh, so let <laughs> us uh, get to the final group. Of course, only three weeks. Can you believe it? It's only three weeks and a couple of days until the World Cup actually begins. Uh, group H features Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea. We will look at Uruguay and South Korea next week. But your thoughts on both Portugal and Ghana in Group H of the 2022 FIFA World Cup? Well, yeah, I tell you what, the Fernando Santos, the Portuguese manager, will, make, will have to make sure that Ronaldo plays every damn minute of the game because if he doesn't, <laughs> uh, Ronaldo will be doing a similar walkout as well. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think Portugal, obviously, danger. Obviously, with Ronaldo, 
leading the way. But Jao Phoenix from Atletico Madrid, Diogo Jota for Liverpool, though Diogo Jota's had a few injuries this season, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not he'll actually make the 23-man squad for Portugal. That'll be a bit of a wait and see. Uh, Gonzalo Guedes from Wolverhampton, Pedro Nito from Wolverhampton as well, Bruno Fernandes, as we know, Bernardo Silva from City, some massive big players from Portugal. They've really come uh, you know, come to life in the last four or five years, that transition of seeing such young, world-class players come to the fore has been you know, an absolute joy to watch, and we're seeing that a lot in the Premier League as well as the Spanish La Liga. So really, you know, I think they've got a real formidable attacking team, Portugal. I think it's one of the best Portuguese teams in a long time. I'll be very interested to see how they go. But definitely powerhouse, and I think they'll be one of the strong uh, four, you know, teams in this, uh, in this group stage for sure. And Ghana, how do you see them travelling in this group? Yeah, Ghana is a bit interesting one. I don't know too much about Ghana. I don't think too many teams out there will know about Ghana. But they're, they're a nation that's been in the top 16, top 20 for a while. They're a good footballing nation. Andre Ayew from Al Saud, who's played all of his time in the Premier League. Jordan Ayew as well for Crystal Palace. Uh, I think Williams from Athletic Club is, is one of those big players as well. So, you know, Thomas Partey at Arsenal, Mohamed Kudos at, at Ajax as well. Um, so I think there's some big players now playing in the big European clubs and leagues around the, uh, the European stage. So I think that's going to put Ghana in a real good position. Mm. Uh, you know, a country that plays a little with flamboyance in flair and play a bit of ad hoc football as well. So they don't have a particular style, which makes them difficult to pin down. But um, I expect Ghana to be a difficult side. I think they'll be strong in this group as well. I think this group favours Ghana, but uh, interesting to see how it all unfolds. And we will look at the other two teams of Group H next week. Um, and we've got three more chats before I take my break. So next week we'll do uh, the final two teams of Group H. We'll look at the EPL and the A-League. And on my final show, which is uh, just over 10 days away, Tuesday the 8th of November, Tuesday week, We'll finally get your predictions for the Football World Cup. So I know, I know it's still 11 days away, but I know you're already writing down some notes, John. So I look forward to hearing yeah. uh, your strong predictions there. Thank you. Very comprehensive as per usual. We'll wrap up another big weekend of the A-League and the EPL uh, on Tuesday. And we'll continue our road to the World Cup. Thank you, mate. Have a good day and we'll uh, talk soon. We will chat on Tuesday. John Gallo, our football expert, doing great stuff. Don't forget as well, SEN has every game of the Football World Cup covered for you uh, once it gets underway in just a few weeks' time from now. Very exciting times. Very much looking forward to the Football World Cup. That, of course, is after the T20 World Cup and the Rugby League World Cup have completed the T20 World Cup final in a couple of weeks, the Rugby League World Cup final in three weeks tomorrow, basically, or Sunday morning, uh, Australia time at Old Trafford and then just two days after that the Football World Cup getting underway so very exciting times uh, 1300-01-1170 the open line number you can send a text on 0457-736-736 this from the Yeovil Treeman asking you great one club players after Josh Jackson uh, retired yesterday after 241 matches at Canterbury. He says, hi, Dan, four players immediately spring to mind as great one club players. Uh, Billy Slater, yeah, definitely. Brilliant player for the Melbourne Storm. Laurie Daly, yeah, great uh, player for Canberra. Darren Lockyer and Andrew Johns, of course. When, well, when you talk about those four, great tech oval trip, and you look at those four, uh, four of the best players of all time. Uh, Andrew Johns may be the best ever. Darren Lockyer regarded as one of the best ever. Billy Slater may be the best fullback of all time. And Laurie Daly, one of, if not the best, five-eighth of all time. Uh, and all one club players. Great texture oval treatment. Uh, very, very good point. Uh, 0457 736 736 
or open line number is 1300 01 1170. There's some other texts there. I'll get to them after a break. Also update you on some of the other rugby league news floating around with the Rugby League World Cup continuing as well. Uh, tomorrow morning. Greatest one club players of all time. 0457 736 736 can be rugby league, can be another sport, or the open line number. 1300 01 1170. Break will update you on rugby league next. It is 20 to 6, 20 to 5 in Queensland. Uh, Josh has sent me a direct message on uh, Twitter, which you can do if you uh, choose to. Uh, says, hi, Dan, enjoy the show. Uh, will you be eating as much as Vossi when you are in the UK? Uh, no, I don't think that's possible. Uh, I've been following Vossi just over the past 24 hours, and he's uh, done a lot more V ratings, Curry Mile in Manchester, and he went to some uh, restaurant. Anyway, I'm sure he'll talk more about that uh, after 6 a.m., but no, I don't think that is possible. Uh, now, text here uh, talking about one at club players, the greatest one club players of all time. Uh, this one from uh, Redman, he says, uh, good morning, mate. As a North Sydney fan, I must nominate Greg Florimo. He debuted for Australia from the bench. So excited. He was man of the match playing out of position. Yeah. Uh, North Sydney Bears, we know they're not around in the NRL anymore, but they're still uh, very exciting to watch in the New South Wales Cup. I was lucky enough for him to, for many years, uh, call a lot of North Sydney games at the New South Wales uh, Cup a few years back, um, and always, always a great day out at North Sydney. Over Gre- Greg Florimo, actually still heavily involved in the club, uh, of course, with the North Sydney Bears, but yeah, great player uh, for the Bears. Great suggestion. Time to do this. It's now time for a Rugby League World Cup update. Yeah, so... Nathan Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans are going to combine uh, on Sunday when they play Italy as they prepare for a shootout to decide who will play halfback for the Kangaroos heading into the pointy end of the World Cup. So Cleary and Cherry Evans were both named in the Australian side for Sunday morning's game against Italy at Totally Wicked Stadium. Best stadium in the world. Uh, best stadium name, uh, anyway. In St. Helens, the best, uh, the pair set to play in the halves as Cam Munster enjoys a weekend off. So Munster, we know, will return for the quarterfinals, meaning Cleary and Cherry Evans have one last chance to press their claims um, to partner the Melbourne and Queensland superstar when the tournament enters the knockout phase. The naming of both Cherry Evans and Cleary came on a dramatic day. Yeah, did you see this on the news for the Kangaroos uh, where there was a bit of a fight between Lindsay Collins, uh, who had to be separated from Tino Fasamalu Ali? Uh, just amazing. Uh, anyway, uh, they're all okay now. Uh, not sure what happened there, but there was a bit of a push and a shove during an intense training session. Uh, so uh, Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans to combine. Um, everyone's still expecting Cleary to get the nod ahead of Cherry Evans, even uh, Cherry Evans said on the news last night that he can see why Nathan Cleary is such a great player. We'll see what happens uh, with that. It'll be interesting, but uh, Nathan Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans together, uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll work well together. I'm sure they'll be a good combination, very good uh, players, and they are playing Italy as well, so you expect it to be fairly one-sided, uh, but you'd still expect Nathan Cleary to get the nod ahead of Daly Cherry Evans, all things being equal. Um for the World Cup next week when they play Lebanon, more than likely, in the quarterfinals. Uh, So the World Cup matches across the weekend. New Zealand play Ireland. That's tomorrow morning at 5.30 a.m. England and Greece, uh, 12.30 a.m. Sunday morning. That's followed at 3 a.m. for a game between Fiji and Scotland. Australia in action at 5.30 a.m. on Sunday morning against Italy. And then Sunday night, uh, Lebanon will play Jamaica. 
That'll be at 11pm. Monday morning, two games, 1.30am. Tonga up against the Cook Islands. And Samoa will play France at 4am. And at 6.30am, Papua New Guinea will play Wales. Uh, so that is week three, the final week of the pool games in the Rugby League World Cup. And we do that for Makita. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. Text here, no name on it. Uh, nomination by about Andrew Johns. Is pointed out that he played for Warrington. Yes, that, that is true. But he did spend all his career at one club in the NRL. Uh, this one from Arthur, greatest one cu- uh, club player, Jeff Tuvey from Manly, Paul Kelly, the Swans, and Arthur, uh, and that's from Arthur from Paddington. Yeah, two very good players as well. Uh, Paul Kelly, very, very important to the Sydney Swans. Interesting to read in the paper today, and Brady mentioned this uh, the other day, uh, but the Roosters, who, of course, uh, well-renowned for Brad Fittler, and, of course, Brad Fittler, a uh, very good player for the Roosters, starting his, started his player out at Penrith, one of potentially one of the Roosters' best players ever. Uh, there's going to be an Alexander and a Fittler at the Roosters uh, from next year. Uh, Brandy Sunbraith will join the Roosters on a one-year contract, uh, linking with their Jersey flag team. While Fittler's son, Zach, recently made headlines after steamrolling a defender while playing for New South Wales in the Under-16 National Rugby Championship. So two greats of the game, uh, their sons, uh, in action for the Roosters next year. And just speaking of the Roosters as well, uh, Matt Lodge came out yesterday and said he's happy to take a pay cut to stay at the Roosters. So uh, we know they re-signed Angus Crichton earlier on in the week. They'll be wanting to... Uh, lock up Matt Lodge, you would think, who was very impressive in the eight or nine games he played for the Roosters. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll finish off with some of your texts. 0457 736 736. Open line 1300 011170. Break back with more. It is coming up to 10 to 6 in New South Wales, 10 to 5. NBL last night, Bullets 86 over the Hawks 61. So not a good start to the year for the Illawarra Hawks and not a good night last night. Sydney Kings in action tomorrow night it is uh, 0457 736 736 the text number asking you greatest one at club players this morning James says Joel Selwood and Jimmy Bartell both in AFL actually worked with Jimmy Bartell uh, for a little period of time about three or four years ago very nice uh, fellow and very good player uh, this one hi Dan amongst the league and cricket I'm also looking forward to seeing Shane Van Gisburn wrap up the Supercast title this weekend on the Gold Coast only needs a 24th place to wrap up the championship in the penultimate round of the season. Great text. Thank you, Yeovil. Uh, this one from Bulldog Tom. He says, Morning, Dan. Josh Jackson has to be has to have been one of the hardest workers in the game. I can't remember him missing many tackles and was pivotal to the Bulldogs' success back in the day. Much like another one-club legend, uh, not for the Bulldogs, but for the Parameterials, Nathan Hindmarsh. Yes, what a player he was for the Eels. That one from Bulldog Tom. And the Chookman will finish us off on the text today saying, Hi, Dan. Got to be Mr. Fixit Mitchell Orbison for me uh, with over 300 games for the Roosters and playing virtually anywhere on the field. One of the unluckiest not to play Origin. Yes. Uh, thank you, Chookman. Great text. Thank you for all your tech today and this week. Keep them coming in for Vossi and Brandy. Next week on the show, Chris Perkins, John Gallo, Jack Clifton, Matty Cox, uh, and all the latest news from the various World Cups. Fossey and Brandy coming up next right across the listing area. For listeners through Queensland, you'll get the first hour of them and then Padden Heels along for you 6am local time. We've got the NFL on Monday, so I'll catch you back here Tuesday morning. Have a great weekend. I will. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So... 
We doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.